coming to Black Muse tonight. That voice you heard, the one and only Will Downing is with us, the Prince of Sophisticated Soul. So Will, let's talk about that that song, that album, and this pandemic and all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, that song, Stand Up, is uh, one of the songs taken from my latest release. 
Let me do some some plug here. Yeah, the song garden. Yeah. <laughs> it is album number 24. Yes, I'm old school. So yes, I did say album. Album okay. number 24 for me. And uh, yeah, man, it's an empowering type song, you know, uh, being that we were all home for this pandemic. Uh, you know, you get to watch a lot of TV and you get uh, politically motivated and 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 you want to get involved. So that song is my way of getting involved and trying to get uh, my peers and my contemporaries to do the same thing. So, yeah, stand up, get involved. No time for sitting down. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So what, what have you been doing since this whole pandemic? It's been a year. What wow. are you doing? Yeah, you know what? I didn't expect to uh, be making an album, but yeah, that's <laughs> that's what I ended up doing uh, inadvertently. You know, when this thing started, it started back in March, and I was supposed to be literally. I was a week before they shut down everything. I was on my way to Europe, and I got a call from the promoter late at night. It was like crazy, like one or two in the morning. I get a call from from the UK. And they were saying, hey, are you still coming? So I'm like, what do you mean? Am I still coming? They said, yeah, well, you know, um, Howard Hewitt called and he postponed the dates that uh, you guys were supposed to be doing. You know, you guys are going to be at the same time. I said, well, why did he postpone? He said, we don't know. So I said, you know what? Let me call Howard. So I immediately jumped on the telephone. It was about two o'clock in the morning, East Coast, which is where I am. Howard lives in LA. So I was like, well, it's 11 o'clock there. Let me call him. So I call Howard. I'm like, yo, what's going on? I heard you just postponed some dates. Are you all right? He goes, yeah, man, I don't feel comfortable with this pandemic thing. You know, I don't feel comfortable getting on a plane. So I'm like, yeah, you know, you sure, Howard? He was like, I said, man, this thing will be over in, in a week or so, man. You know, just, just chill. I said, man, give us some shots, or, you know, give you a bill or some, some Robitussin or something like that. We'll be back to work in no time. And, you know, come to find out, he was more right than I believe. So I called them back immediately and I just said, hey, I'm going to postpone as well. And of course, the people over there, you know, uh, got upset with me as, you know, as I'm sure everyone did as dates and things were being canceled across the globe. And I decided, let me just do one song to appease everyone and let them know, listen, I'll be back in no time. So I recorded a song called right where you are off of the same album. So it was actually the first single off the album. And just to let them know, listen, I wanna be right where you are, but I can't right now, but I'll be there in a few months. A few months turned into more months than we could ever imagine. So during this time when we were off, what did I do? Dun, 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 I recorded my 24th album. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Now the, the title is The Song Guard. Uh -huh. that. Well, um, the song garden, I, I, I entitled it that because there's a song on this album that pretty much speaks to everything. So um, the first release was Right Where You Are, and that's almost like an old school house sort of a song. It's 120 beats per minute. It's an old school kind of good feeling sort of thing. Um, and, and obviously there's a message there. Stand up, you know. Uh, we explain that when to try to get people involved politically and to just get involved in, in things that go on in your community and in the world. Um, there's a song called, well, I'll make sure, we have a wedding song called Say Yes or Proposal Song. So if you don't know how to promote, pro propose to the one that you love, 
uh let the song do it for you <laughs> so it's called say yes uh there's a song on there called chocolate <laughs> which is a spoken word piece so that has all the nutritional values of chocolate along with some sexual connotations attached to it as well uh <laughs> we have <laughs> so it's a, there's something on this album that speaks to a little bit of everything, everything. so that's why it's called the song garden it's a garden of music Okay, all right. So now, how about the recording of it? Virtual recording? Did you have the musicians do it at their house, or what happened with that? Well, you know what? I've done albums like this before, but not a complete album. So, and I'm I, what I mean when I say that is that I never saw another human being during the whole recording process of this record. So I saw. Actually, I'm sorry, I'm lying. I saw one person. I have a friend of mine who's a bass player who lives like four blocks away. And I had to record some upright bass, and I called him. Uh, and actually, he's from Chicago. Brother named uh, Kenny Davis plays upright bass, and Kenny doesn't live far from me, so I needed upright on a song. So I called him, and he came by and he did his thing. But even then, he stood on one end of the studio in my house, and I was at the other. And you know, we made it happen. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Now you also you co-wrote all the songs and you produced the album. How yeah. long have you been producing your own your own music? Oh, since day one. From day one? Oh, yeah, okay. since day one, yeah. I mean, my first album came out in 88, and we did um, a remake of uh, Denise Williams' classic, Free. So, yeah, that was, uh, you know, but I've been, you know, you got to remember, I've been recording since uh, early 80s as a background vocalist, as a producer, uh, as a writer. So when I released my first record in 88, it was only natural. I mean, I was a natural in the studio because I had so much experience working with other people. So yeah, I've been doing it since day one. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now my girl Mesa is on this album, isn't she? Yes. Mesa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a duet on the album called Give You. And uh Mesa and I, we we pretty much go back and forth. Uh it seems like every other album, either I'm guesting on a record that she's done or vice versa. So it's a beautiful song and Mesa sounds uh, freaking amazing. <laughs> she sounds amazing. I mean, it, it, we got her to use a part of her voice that a lot of people had never heard before. So people were sending me inbox messages saying, who's the young lady on the record? Who's the young lady on the record? And I'm like, well, read the record. And I come to realize it. So this is a, I'm publicly apologizing. I didn't put her name on the record. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know what I was thinking about. I don't know how I lunched on that one, but her yeah. name does not appear <laughs> on this record. Oh. <laughs> I'm looking at it like it's going to change, like my personal copy is going to change. I'm like, yeah, right. no. <laughs> but so, yeah, people were calling me, say, who is that? Because she sounds uh, so unlike yeah. herself. She sounds like herself, but unlike herself at the same time. So she's yeah. saying her behind off on this song yeah give yeah you, yeah yeah love working yeah. with her but again that was in a different studio and all that stuff yeah, we, what's crazy is uh, i i ended up recording her um via zoom yeah so we set up <laughs> yeah i bizarre okay. i sent her to a studio uh in where she lives in baltimore and we ended up like putting her ipad up 
and we made a Zoom call, and I'm literally, you know, me and the other producer, we're on the on the Zoom call with her. Okay, now sing this, and of course, there's like a little delay with uh, us singing to her. So it was like it was difficult, but we obviously got it done, and she did her thing, and the outcome is the song "Give You Up" the album. So yeah, she did a great job. Right. Okay, now your wife is on the album as well. Cheap labor. Cheap huh? labor. Cheap labor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay okay yeah my my wife um i think my daughter's on there you know the the, the thing about this household everyone in here sings so right. you know you want to stay here you know you gotta say so even the even, you might hear the dog in there you know as well <laughs> okay so when you go back out on tour and that will be sometime soon Will your will your wife tour with you? No, Just, you, 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 you don't do that. You don't do that. <laughs> okay. No, I'm no, sorry. No. Let, let, let me emphatically, just in case the microphone went out. <laughs> no, I got it. I got it. I got no, it. no, we we used to work together. She used to work for me uh years and years and years ago so no it's probably best just yeah like, she, and plus she 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 sings with chaka so you know uh you know when we get back to work chaka works a lot more than i do uh okay. so yeah she they'll be happy doing their thing and i'll be you okay. know yeah i'll be doing mine and we're all good it's all good but okay. and, but okay. clarence one more time just for you <laughs> i got it <laughs> <laughs> I am clear. I am Good. Clear. Yes, yes. Let's talk about your some of your your remakes. So you you mentioned free already, but um, how about I try Angela Bofield? What was it that pulled you to that song? I've always loved that song. Um, I've always loved Angela. I I think more than anything else for me in that song is the message. Uh, you know, a lot of times in relationships. You know, it's it always appears to be that the women are trying and the men aren't doing enough. So that's that's kind of the that's the the vibe that comes off of the original. It's almost like, hey, the guys aren't doing anything. I'm trying to do the best I can for you. It's not enough. And, you know, but a lot of times in relationships, it goes both ways, you know, like, listen, you know, <laughs> I men try is as, as hard as women try so i just needed the man's perspective to be represented so lyrically i've always wanted to do a song like that but i couldn't have written a lyric better than that that song just nails it i mean it says everything that you could want to say if you were having a conversation like that i try to do the best i can i can for you but it seems it's not enough like i can't write it better than that so if I can't write it, then you just remake it. <laughs> okay, I like that. Yeah. I can't remake it. Just right. remake it. Yeah, that's it. How about uh, Rose Royce, Wishing on, Wishing on a Star? I've always loved that song as well. If you've noticed, um, with all the songs that you're even mentioning, the originals were primarily done by female artists. Yes. So, you know, anytime I do a remake, uh, on the early days, it was a lot of times by female artists, and I've always just loved that song. And I could hear it in my own way. Like I've always heard it like a little jazzier, especially with the acoustic piano and 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 that sort of thing. So I just did it, you know, the kind of the way I heard it. You know, that's with every remake I've ever done, 
that's my attitude. If I can hear me singing it a different way, I'm not trying to mimic what the original was. I, you know, if you're going to do a remake, you know, you got to put your own spin on it and you got to bring it, you know, you got to bring it hard because it's hard to knock the, the, the king off the top of the hill here. So you, you know, you got to come hard when you do it. You got to do it right. Right. Now, how about um, I Love Supreme, John Coltrane? That's a um, whole different, talk about a, that. That's a whole nother thing. And which yeah. actually was not my idea. I mean, I, I give credit where credit's due. Um, mm. The gentleman that I was working with, uh, Arthur Baker, he's a producer, remixer. Um, you know, we, we just worked together. We actually had a group together as well. Uh, he's always loved that song and he heard it and uh, like to a, 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 a beat, uh, like a house beat, 120 you know, beats per minute. And I'm like, wow. He says, hey man, so I want you and uh, this gentleman, David Cole, who's no longer with us, to write this song. Now, David was with CNC Music Factory. So uh, it was Cole and Clavillas. So Clavillas and Cole, they are CNC. So that's where the CNC from CNC Music Factory came from. This gentleman was Cole from that song, uh, from that group. And he was an amazing keyboard player, an amazing writer. So we sat down and wrote the melody and wrote out the lyrics. And of course, I love Supreme. The hook has is, is always been like, the primary part of the song, even in John Coltrane's version. We did this song, we called Stanley Tarantino to come in and play saxophone. We did this song, we spent tons and tons of money to make the song. We had to get clearance from the Coltrane estate. So we sent the song to his wife, who was still alive at the time, Alice Coltrane, and she heard it and she hated it. <laughs> She's like, no, they <laughs> said, so we, we want to release the song. They were like, no. Matter of fact, not just no, hell no. You're not releasing the song like this. Now we had just spent, I mean, money, money, money to record the song. Now we got to go back and we have to change it to fit her needs and her specification. And, and that's only correct. That's, only, that's the right thing to do. She's the head of the estate. You know, we don't want to mess up his legacy in any way. We want to tarnish it. So we had to do it to make her happy. And so we went back in and we re-recorded the lyrics and all the stuff and until she was happy. And, you know, thank God that the song hit in a big way uh, throughout Europe. And it was one of like my top, I mean, it went like top 10 and stayed there for a long time in Europe and cemented me as a, an artist over there for a long time. I mean, to this day, matter of fact. So it was like your first big record. It was my first big, big record. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah because when we released Free here in America, it didn't do anything. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, they played it on Quiet Storm. That's about it. But yeah, we, I was expecting, when our first record came out, I wasn't even thinking about Europe or the UK in any way, shape, or form. I just wanted all my friends in the neighborhood to hear me on the local radio station. That was my goal. That was right. it. So I'm right. like, yeah, I mean, you know, when that station here is WBLS, and I was like, you know, and Frankie Croc, I think, was alive at the time. I'm like, is Frankie playing this? Frankie Croc, I'm playing my record. Like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I check with my friends, you hear my record? They're like, nope. <laughs> so my record was being played at like <laughs> two and two and three in the morning, you know. So right. no one heard my record. And then all of a sudden, my phone started ringing from a booking agent who was like, Hey man, we got some gigs for you over in Europe. 
you can make it over there. We can get you over there if you want to go and work. And I'm like, I, I want to, I want to. And I had looked at my bank account. And I was like, I want to go to Europe. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we ended up working over there like quite a bit. Right, right. And I know there's one song that you really cannot, you know, that you cannot do in concert. And that's nothing ever felt this this good. Oh yeah, nothing has ever felt like this. Yeah, for yeah, Pharrell. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, big song, um, a song that I didn't anticipate being as big as it is, and you know, for no other reason of my my ignorance. Uh, you know, as a recording artist, we think that everything is going to be big. We think that every song is going to be the world changing. You know, um, I've got twenty four spots on my wall for every time I released a record that I thought was going to go platinum. I'm like, I'm leave a spot on my wall because it's going to go platinum. I got 24 empty spaces. So <laughs> <laughs> you, you never know what's going to hit. And Rochelle, uh, who I did not know before we recorded the song, um, came up with this, this amazing song that you hear today. But it is not a traditional kind of R&B duet. It's just not, even when we were recording it, it was like, well, where's this fall? Like it falls on this. Like, and all of us kind of like, yeah, that's, that's, that's strange, that's weird. But we all did it and we all complied with what she wanted done. And turns out she was right. <laughs> we were wrong. I mean, she was way ahead of her, way ahead of us as far as the, the, the recording process and her thought process in recording. So yeah, she was 100% correct. We all stand, you know, we all apologized. <laughs> like, you know, like, we didn't know, we didn't know. Yeah. So, but yeah, if I don't do this song to this day in concert, it's gonna be some furniture movement. <laughs> I, I know it, I know it, I know it. Let, let's go back to your last album or album before that. You did Deja Vu, uh -huh. the Neon Ward classic. What brought that on? And well, then, and, and has she heard the song, your version? You know what? I don't know if she's heard the song. I'm not sure. And I know her. That's the crazy yeah. part. I, you know, that. thanks for bringing that to my attention. I'll, uh, yeah. She's on Twitter all the time now, so I'll reach yeah, out she to her on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, she won't, hopefully she won't beat me up too bad on Twitter, but uh, right. I'll reach out to her to see if she's heard it. But yeah. um, what prompted me to record that song and that song, along with other classics, um, remakes is, is what I'm kind of referring to. Uh, I did two a two series EP project called Romantique. So it's Romantique part one and part two. Um, and I did these projects because I wanted to shine some light on baritone vocalists. Uh, like the radio across the globe is inundated now with guys who are tenors, who sing high. And the, 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 the baritone voice has been sort of like, you know, it's almost like we've been erased. I can literally count bar baritone vocalists on my hand. You know, myself, Gregory Porter, um, Anthony Hamilton would be in that, in that spot. Jaheen would be in that lane as well. Uh, Kurt Elling, uh, you know, another gentleman out of Chicago, uh, amazing voice. But then, you know, you start, reaching for straws after that like you know where, where where did we go so i decided yeah. to do an album dedicated to baritone vocalists so i took all of these songs by baritone vocalists all these incredible hits like barry white 
um, Isaac Hayes, uh, John Lucian, you know, gentlemen like that, and did their, their classic songs. Now, let me bring this around to Deja Vu. Deja Vu was written by Isaac Hayes. Mm -hmm. And there's a duet that I don't know if it's ever been officially released, but on YouTube, if you punch up Dionne Warwick and Isaac Hayes sing Deja Vu, that was the, the inspiration for my version of Deja Vu. And who I called, I called Avery Sunshine to be my uh, Dionne Warwick. So we, we made this classic song and, you know, I hope people enjoy it. I hope they love yeah. it. It worked out well. Worked yes. out well. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> I still have another empty spot on my wall, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now you have three three children, three kids. Yes. Yes. Okay. Any well, one of you mentioned things, but tell me about the other two. Are they any showing any interest in the music industry? Well, smartly and fortunately, no. <laughs> like okay. this is a fickle business and you want to see your kids succeed um and obviously if if any of them and my youngest she you know she's a what i call a triple threat she sings she dances and she acts and so she wants to be in this business in the absolute worst way and mm. she's doing her thing so i'm not going to say no you know this is where her heart and her passion is that i was the same way my parents looked at me like i was loopy when I came home and said, hey, I want to be a recording artist. You know, they're like, right. <laughs> like, how do you retire from singing? I still have no answer to that to this day. But I said, this is what I want to do. And I want to pursue my dream. Uh, my other two, I have one that is an esthetician. Uh, sometimes she went to school to be an esthetician, which is, you know, skincare. Uh, and now she works for like a hospital. Um, uh, she's like the person that you call. She's one of the people that you call when you say, hey, my prescription wasn't filled. When can I refill my prescription? So she does that now. Uh, and my son was in the Navy and I don't know what the hell he's doing right now, but he's out of my pocket. So <laughs> I got three grown kids. So I'm happy. As long as they out of my pocket, we I love them. Love them anyway, but I really love them. They out of my pocket, we're good. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Talk to me about your radio program, Wind Down. Where can we hear that? Well, you can. And yeah, just you, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, you you can hear my my show. Um, if you come to like uh, any of my websites, you go willdowning.com, uh, or you can go to theprinceofsophisticatedsoul.com. There'll be a link that you can click on to hear the show. And I'm I'm in different parts of the globe. I'm in Chicago. I'm in New York. Uh, I'm in Baltimore, I'm in Vegas. So my show in Houston, my show plays in about 30 markets. Um, I started doing the wind down probably like 2008, 2009. Um, and what it was, was it was my foray back into the music business. Uh, in 2006, 2007, I got really, really ill. And it put me down for about a year and a few months. And on my comeback, obviously I couldn't come from not being able to, from being immobile to jumping on stage and performing. So the one way that I was going to let people know that I was still alive, still viable, still whatever, was to do like a radio show, weekly show. And so I've been doing a weekly radio show since then. And what I try to do is I try to highlight um, 
I play songs that you know and songs that you love, but I also like to dig into albums. Um, as, a, as a recording artist, you know, we record all these songs and a lot of times we put so much emphasis on the singles that the other mm -hmm. songs on the album just don't get the daylight. So I would assume that most artists feel the same way. Like, yeah, hey, I wish somebody would play this. I wish somebody would play that. Well, I'm the guy who's gonna play this and I'm the guy who's gonna play that. So I dig into their albums and, and we kind of show another side of the artist. Also, we do a feature um, where we, uh, we highlight uh, an up and, well, up and coming artist. We also have something called interpretation. So it's one song done by two artists. And we try to tell people like, don't, you know, tr try not to make it a competition, but people do anyway. Like they'll hear my version of Deja Vu along with Avery and they'll say, oh, yeah, Dion Warwick's better along, with, you know, or, or whatever. So that's just naturally what people do. And then we also pay tribute to a legendary artist. So it's all of that wrapped up into a one hour show with not a whole lot of talk. It's definitely music is, is the, 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 the primary thing here. We put all the emphasis on that as well. Okay. All right. Now, where can people get an autographed copy of yours? The Sun Garden. Wait a minute, let me get my Eric microphone. They, yeah, yeah, let me get my microphone nice and close here so yeah, everybody can hear yes, me. Yes, yes, yes. You can get your copy of the Song Garden. You can get your copy of the Song Garden on my website, an autograph copy on my website. And that's called the Prince of Sophisticated Soul.com. The Prince of Sophisticated Soul.com. You can order it there. Um, you can also download the MP3s there as well. Uh, you can download like the prior albums that are on my, my label, Sophisticated Soul. Uh, so you can get it there. And if you want an autographed copy, you know, there's a link that you just saw or a box you check off. And I'll be more than happy to put my X on your copy of the record and get it back to you immediately. All right now. All right now. <laughs> you, you sort of mentioned this some of your health challenges years ago mm -hmm. what what was happening back then and how are you now how are you how are you doing now because when i saw you you're you're walking and everything is fine and dandy yeah. thank the lord yeah. thank the lord thank yeah. the lord um well what was happening with me was i did what most men uh do mm. i didn't go to the doctor i wasn't mm. feeling yeah i wasn't feeling quite myself and I felt myself slowing down. And I just started, you know, I just kept making excuses as for why things were happening or why things weren't happening. Uh, I was having a difficult time doing very basic things, but I had an excuse for every reason, for everything that didn't happen and a good reason why. And then, you know, I just sort of like jive my way through, you know, every situation to be like, hey man, you feel okay? Oh man, I did them two shows last night. You know, I'm beat, <laughs> you know. Yeah, man, I, I saw you limping a little bit. Oh, man, that that, that ride, that bus ride is killing me. <laughs> you know, those planes, we're getting up too early. We're, we're doing this. We're do you know, so I had an excuse for everything. And it came to a head, you know. Uh, I was actually, I was where you live. I was at the, was it Park West Theater in Chicago. And I was on stage performing. And I felt like crap. I felt terrible, so much so that I did like the cardinal sin. Like you never tell your audience that you don't feel good or you ain't a hundred percent. It's like, that's like a no-no. Uh, or, or, you know, you tell them that you're sick. It's like a no-no. You just either, if you show up, then you perform. Uh, so I felt so bad 
that I had to say to the audience, like, hey, guys, I'm not feeling great. I'm going to give you all I got, but I'm just not feeling good. And that next day, well, yeah, the next day, one of my good friends who lives there took me to the airport. I was so beat up and so tired. I was like, yo, man, you can keep my luggage. I wow. went in my pocket, gave him a couple of dollars. I was like, mail it to me because I couldn't even pick it up. That's how weak I was. I couldn't get my I couldn't even get my luggage out of his trunk. And I was just like, man, just leave it in there. Here's some money. Mail me, mail me my clothes. And I dragged myself on the airplane. And I dragged myself to the baggage claim. And I, you know, I called. I was like, hey, come pick me up. And I dragged myself into the car. And the next day, um, I said, you know, let's do something normal. Let's all go to the movies. I can't remember if it was next day, a week later, or whatever. I said, let's all just go to the movies. Me, my wife, and my daughter. And we jumped in the car and we're going to the movies and I'm driving and I see a spot like over here. I'm like, yeah, let me take that spot. And I go to go turn the steering wheel and I can't. <laughs> I don't have the strength to turn the steering wheel. And I'm like, oh, we got a freaking problem now. So luckily there's a spot that was vacant, like straight ahead. So I pull into that spot. My daughter jumps out the car. And I turned to my wife and I said, hey, when this is over, I need to go to the doctor. And they took me to an urgent care place. They took some blood and they sent me home. And by the time I got home, there was a message on my machine that said, this is Dr. So-and-so from urgent care, whatever it is. Um, I need you to go to this hospital. <laughs> I need you to go immediately. If you can't get there on your own, call an ambulance or as black folks say an ambulance <laughs> sometimes <laughs> yeah <laughs> so 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 yeah man uh we jumped in the car we went to the hospital uh as soon as i pulled up to the desk and i gave him my name i knew i was in trouble then because they said he's here i'm like he who i'm like i'm looking for, Je I'm looking for jesus i'm like is he back <laughs> and like no he's here no you you and like don't move and they immediately put me in this wheelchair and they ran me upstairs and the next day i was paralyzed boom wow. <laughs> the, the next day it was like curtains uh, <laughs> i was like are you kidding me i was like i'm gonna get up and go to the and i tried to move it was like so that was that. I ended up staying in there for three, four months, maybe. From that day, I was I was hospitalized for three, maybe four months. And then they were like, well, we've done all we can do for you. And, you know, I mean, it was not like I jumped up and I started walking. I could move a little bit more, but, you know, I wasn't walking. And so they sent me to a rehab center. And then I went to a rehab center for a short period of time and I got sick. I got pneumonia, then they sent me back to the hospital and I was in the hospital again for another three months or four months or whatever. And so I just kept ping-ponging for like a long time. And I had read up on the uh, disease or disorder, which is called polymyositis, which is an autoimmune disease. And for those of you who don't know what that means, it's where your cells attack each other. Um, they said that it could be a year before you start seeing any glimpses of you coming back from this, it's, it could be a year to five years. And if you don't get better within five years, the person that you are 
that's what you're going to be for the rest of your days. Uh, yeah. So, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm boo-hooing. I'm like, you know, come on, God. I'm negotiating. Like, come on, man. I'm praying. Come on, brother. I'm, I'll be a different man. Get me out of this. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing all of that. And right. with the, obviously, with, with, you know, the God, you know, doctors, whole bunch of meds, your family, you know, uh, 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 physical therapy, mm -hmm. occupational therapy, I was able to kind of get back. I mean, after about a year and a few months, very little things started happening that I couldn't do like the day before, or the day before that, or the week before. And I was like, I looked at those little things as like monumental. You know, so I was like, okay, all right, now, now we can fight. All right, great. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm on my way back. And, you know, obviously you have to relearn how to do everything, how to, you know, how to walk again. Um, I lost my voice. So learn how to, you know, re-everything, literally re-freaking everything. And so, yeah, that's, you know, that was my journey. That's my testimony. I'm here. I'm grateful to God. That's why I tell people now, go to the freaking doctor, have some faith. You know, you're looking at, you know, I was, I was death on a stick. <laughs> I was down to 120 something pounds, maybe it might've been less than that. Um, at my worst, I was down to that. And they were like, they had me, they had the dirt on my face. <laughs> they were like, yeah, he's out of here. <laughs> he's gone. And I'm like, nah, I got faith. I, you know, I believe I'm coming back. Yeah. I believe. I believe. Yeah. I mean, that's all yeah. I kept saying. I believe I can do it. Come on, God. Give me a shot. Come yeah. here, break. Come on, man. I'm telling yeah. you, I'm gonna be different. Yeah. You know, so God is great. Chicken is good. Uh, God is God ain't good. God is great. Chicken is good. God okay. is great. I, right? I, I, yeah, yeah. Now, now didn't you even have to record an album on your back? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I cut um, the After Tonight record. I'm looking for yes. looking at it at the wall here. Yeah, <laughs> this one right here. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, yes. yeah. We cut that um, from a hospital bed and from a wheelchair. Yeah. I mean, and if you listen to that record, I, I had already started it. So there's about three or there's about three or four songs that we had cut before I went down. Uh, so I think it's like Meet Me on the Moon was one of them. Uh, I mean, um, no one can love you more. I'm sorry, it was a Phyllis Hyman song. That's all I can remember. So no one can love you more. And I think two others, uh, After Tonight, the song After Tonight was on there as well. But then if you listen to the album, there's a vast difference. Like there was, you know, before I got sick and then there was like sick sick. <laughs> yeah, you can hear it. You're like, if you listen to the record, it's like, oh, what's going on with his voice there? And, you know, what, what we had to do was I called upon all of my friends, a lot of my friends, like, hey, man, I'm going to see if I can muster up a verse out of this song. And then if you could play a solo <laughs> for the second verse. And so if you listen to it, it's very little singing on it. And it's a lot of soloing. It's a lot of me kind of going in and out going, mm -hmm. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was all that. So but we had to make this record because I was broke. I had no more money. My health care, you know, was like was running out and was pretty much gone. 
So, you know, I was getting them letters like, hey, we're not, <laughs> we ain't covering this, we ain't covering that. It's like, I gotta get some cake up in here. So I had a deal already. And the record company was like, yeah, we can give you the back end of that money, but you gotta, gotta give us something. So we Frankenstein the After Tonight record together, you know, myself, wow. uh, Rex Rideout, who, you know, man, I love that dude to death. So, you know, he came, he would fly here to my home. He put the microphone in front of me. I'd sing whatever I could, you know, that day, you know, he would go back to his hotel and come back the next day. We just kept piecing it together. He would do this. We did this for months, months. He would go back to LA and then he'd fly to New York. We record right. a little bit and then I try to cut a little bit on my own. And I had friends right. come by and do the same thing. They hadn't knew, knew nothing about recording. I was like, put the microphone here, <laughs> click right. on this on the computer, press right. this. All right, press record. And then we get a little bit and I say, I didn't get it. I right, stop, go back. They knew nothing about recording. I said, just do it. And we Frankenstein mm. this record together. So yeah, man, I have some great friends. And I have great family, and I love them. I love them to death, man. Ain't nothing they can do about it, damn it. I love yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's a long journey. Yes. Yeah. That was a journey. Yeah. 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 Hey, man. Hey, listen, you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I'm a stroke survivor. Mm -hmm. so I, I know. And when you saw me down in Dallas, I think it was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's serious. Yeah. Very serious. Yeah. Listen, if you live long enough, I haven't seen anyone, I, and I don't know anyone that is that has gone this journey without something happening. Something is going to happen to you. It's going to happen. That's just it. <laughs> Everybody is going to have a test. It, the, the thing is, are you going to have a testimony? That's the whole thing. You right. make it through. You know, turn your test into a testimony. So yeah, that's my testimony. And hopefully it's inspiring to others, you know, to do the right thing, take care of yourself. Some things you cannot help, but even then have faith. So right. Boom. Right. Right. Okay. So almost done. Almost done. So this is your 24th album. Correct. And the 34th year in the in the music business. Mm -hmm. What's the key to your longevity, Will? You know, what's your staying power? I, I I wish I knew, man. I mm. I kind of um I put it down to consistency. I think that when you when you buy one of my records, uh, or if you download or stream or whatever, there's a consistency there. You know, I try not to follow the trends that much. I try to be myself. Uh, my audience has let me know what they want from me and expect from me. Uh, they've let me know from like day one, so I've sort of listened to them. And that's what I do. I just try to, you know, every time I record, I try to make better songs and I try to give a better performance. So that's my whole goal. I'm trying to outdo me every project. So, you know, that's, you know, that that's what I liken my uh, success to or consistency, you know, is consistency, whatever it is. That's what it's been. Be consistent, be yourself, stay in your lane, just be better at it. And if you fail, you know what they say, you try, you fail, you try again, this time fail better. So that's what I try to do. I try to fail better. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. And before we go, there's a song that you did, So Many Good Die Young. So that, talk to me about that song. Yeah, that's also off of the Song Garden. Yes. And that song was inspired by 
the unfortunate passing of Chadwick Boseman. Um, I mean, obviously we were all sort of taken aback by what happened. Cause I mean, there was no, there was no lead up. It was just like one day the brother was here, next brother, next day the brother wasn't, you know? So it was like, oh man, it was a blow to, you know, to, to all of us. Um, the gentleman that pretty much had written the majority of the song I work with on this project, his name is Randy Bowler. And we were talking about the album and I said, man, we need something. We need a song with some meat on it. You know, just some real substance. We had already done like the dance stuff. We had already done the love stuff with the songs like chocolate and stuff. So like stuff like that. I said, man, we need something with some real substance. And Chadwick had passed away. And so he said, hey, man, I started working on this song, which is a tribute to Chadwick. I said, well, man, I'd love to hear this. Well, it's kind of somber. It's a little sad. I said, let me just hear it. Said, His name is Randy. I said, Randy, let me hear this song. So he, he plays me what he had written so far on that song. And it got both of us to thinking that there are a lot of people that have been on this planet that has had the that have had that have, that's had an untimely demise. They left the earth earlier than what you know we believe they should have. They left at a very early age. And we decided to speak to that. So so many good die young was based on that. And I think even more powerful than the song itself is the video. We put together a video with all of these people that have passed away at this, this crazy young age. So you'll look at the video and you'll see Martin Luther King uh, and Malcolm X, they both died at the age of 39. Uh, Marvin Gaye at 44. Um, Aaliyah was what, 22? Uh, Tupac and Biggie, 25. You know, Luther, 50. You know, so it's kind of like there was there was a lot of life there and all of these amazing people. And there's a ton, there's a ton more in the video as well. But all of these people had plenty of life in them and they have unfortunately passed away. But we still speak of all of these people as if they were here. They left that sort of lasting impression on all of us. So it's sort of a, you know, get off your butt and make something of yourself and make a difference in the world type song. So yeah, so that's where right. so many good die young was yeah. was, was born. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, was that the first single from this album? No, the first single was "Right Where You Are." So many good die yeah. young was the second one, second and one. then uh, "Stand Up," which was the first right. song that you played during the broadcast. Right, right, okay, all right. We're ready to hear just a little bit of that, and that is all, and that is why. So 
powerful yeah yeah That's yeah powerful i mean people were calling me when they saw the video they just be boohooing i mean just you know it's just incredible you know you don't really think about it until you see it you know with kobe and his daughter you know i mean just yeah man it's just you know it just shakes you to your core you know what i mean yeah yeah well, I thank you very much for taking this time. Is there anything else you want to share with us while we got you here, Will? Hey, man, man you did a great interview. <laughs> so <laughs> there's nothing to share. You know what? I, all I, I would have to say is just thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Um, thank the audience, all those folks who are out there watching right now, all the folks that have been supportive of me and my music all of these years. And I look forward to seeing everyone up close and personal sometime soon. <laughs> you know, we're opening up slowly. So, you know, hopefully we'll be back out on the road doing what we do and back up on stage, uh, you know, before the year is out. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to it. Cool, cool, cool. All righty. Well, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. My and this has, been a, this has been a production presented by the Chicago West Community Music Center and Howard Sanifer. So thank you. Thank you all. All righty. See you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.